Welcome to Hashing Out the Law, Episode 29, The Mindful Lawyer. I'm your host, Ara Shashemi. This is the podcast where we discuss and hash out legal issues and or topics. On this episode, I'll be speaking with real estate attorney and meditation teacher, Gulu Singh. Although Gulu was exposed to meditation as a child, he was not serious about it until he began his legal career working at firms where the insane mindset made the work extremely stressful. Desperate to ease the stress, he turned to meditation. Now he is deeply inspired to share meditation in the legal and corporate community as an antidote to stress, a way to cope more effectively with the challenges of work and life, and to inject more sanity, compassion, and wisdom into the world. I have with me Gulu Singh, who is a, a corporate attorney, but he is also, um, I don't know what to call it, a, a meditation teacher. What would you call it, Gulu? Yeah, I'd say that I teach uh, meditation, mostly mindfulness meditation, uh, in the form of classes. Uh, sometimes we have intensive events. I teach a lot in silent meditation retreats, and then I do some sport speaking at uh, I've spoken at bar associations and, you know, in various law firms and corporate settings. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show, Guru. Um, let's, let's talk about a little bit how you got into teaching about mindfulness and meditation stuff. What, what made you to, to, to not transition, but develop yourself from just an attorney to, to a person who, who likes to teach mindfulness now? Yeah, so um, I think this is a familiar story, the origins for many of your listeners. I I graduated from law school. I was fortunate to do well in law school, and I got the sort of the dream of my, the job of my dreams uh, at a big law firm. And uh, very early on in practicing law, I realized that I was totally miserable and depressed and uh sort of stuck, you know, I had student loans and I, you know, had this prestigious job and the idea of, you know, giving it up was uh, scary and so I just sort of muddled through and one of the coping strategies that I found was meditation. I had been exposed to meditation as a child uh, but never really took much interest in it and then when I found myself in this depressed sort of uh, lost as a young lawyer, I started meditating daily, and I kind of credit it from saving me from a very difficult and dark time in my career and my life. How did you so, How did you start meditating? Did you Did you start just doing it on your own using like an app, or did you go to a class? How How, how did you start doing the self meditation? Yeah, I mean this This will date me, but this is way before apps. This is the early '90s, so. I had a familiarity with meditation, and I sort of was meditating on my own with what I knew, and then I, I actually checked out cassette tapes from the library. There was a beginning mindfulness course taught by Jack Cornfield that I checked out from the Newport Beach Public Library, and I listened to those tapes sort of over and over again, and on the tapes they had various guided meditations and also some of the, sort of like, Buddhist philosophy and ideas about life that were very supportive and helpful. And then uh, that became, I became interested in that tradition and started going 
a decade later started going to retreat at a place called Spirit Rock Meditation Center, and uh, that led to a kind of deepening of the practice and eventually the aspiration to teach. Do you teach just anybody who wants to meditate, or do you focus on attorneys? Uh, what, who can who can attend your class, or who would who would benefit from your class the most? You know, I think really anyone. I do have events that I gear especially for lawyers because I think we have some unique things about the profession and actually some unique things about the minds of people who decide to become lawyers. And it's kind of a club, you know. We we tend to think that we have it worse than most people, and so there's a kind of a solidarity that happens when you get together to talk about you know, stress in the workplace and how to alleviate it. Like, I feel like we speak a kind of language and we know the the written and unwritten rules of the culture of legal organizations. So it's good to have lawyers together. But, and I have a particular, you know, love for the legal community and uh, want to support people and the challenges that they have doing that work. But by the same token, I think it is a kind of universal uh, wisdom tradition that really can help anyone who's interested. Now, I'm I'm an impatient person, and I think a lot of lawyers or trial trial lawyers are. So yes. if I if, if I go to like one session of meditation, I'm expecting that after this one session, I'm going to be uh, peaceful and everything's going to be okay. But I know that's not true. So. How long do you think it takes, or in your opinion, what do you think, when do people start seeing the benefit of meditation? After how long will they actually start feeling different? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, it, and, and you know, there's, there is a kind of thing that happens in our culture where we are looking for the, the get-rich-quick scheme, the pill that will solve all our problems, and... Um, I really don't think meditation is that. I think it's a set of uh, practices that can, you know, have a soothing effect on the nervous system. They can help our bodies and minds calm down and relax. Uh, that's a, sort of like the first tier of benefits. But it is like any skill, you know. It's like if you want to learn to write persuasively or if you want to learn a language you know, it requires if you if you came to my, you know, language seminar and you did a half hour of language, you would know like, you know, one or two words or phrases. So uh it is something that has to be practiced. But the the good news is, you know, I teach a course called Mindfulness Based Stress Reduction, which was developed by a guy by the name of John Cabot Zinn in the seventies and eighties. And in that course, we do – it's a fairly intensive course, but it lasts eight weeks. And the science shows that after eight weeks of daily meditation, there are actually measurable changes in the brain that increase stress resistance, meaning, you know, you are less easily stressed out. And they improve stress resiliency, meaning that when we do get stressed out, we come back to normal more quickly. So if you think about, you know – Eight weeks, it's not a long time. I, when I teach the class, usually it's about the third or fourth week that people start noticing things. But the irony is that when you turn the attention inward, the first thing you usually notice is all the things that are terrible. 
You notice how stressed you are. You notice how tired you are. You notice how sleep-deprived you are. Uh, and so, you know, it's the kind of thing, maybe a little bit like working out, that it gets worse before it gets better. When did you personally start feeling uh, different when you started doing the meditation? Oh, for me, it was like within a month. I just, uh, I mean, I was so, I was in so much activation, you know, from the hecticness of working in a law firm. I I started at the law firm in November, I think it was November 8th, 1993, and I didn't have a day off from the office until Valentine's Day. Like, I worked literally every day through Thanksgiving, through New Year's, through the holidays, and, uh, you know, like 10, 12-hour days, six days a week. And so I was just so... uh there was so much adrenaline in my system and there was so much just sort of like agitation and activation that I was able to calm down probably within a, a, about a month of pretty, you know, I was, I was desperate and that, you know, it helps when you are highly motivated. So I was, I practiced for half an hour a day and changed my life. That's great. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, are you still... Are you still at peace or do you, do you, is it like uh, being an alcoholic? Sometimes you slip back or you fall off the wagon. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think really what it is, is it's a, you know, I might mean, still get stressed and, you know, I'm still practicing law, which is, you know, inherently stressful, not to mention the other things that make it stressful, uh, you know, in terms of the culture and the expectations and uh, those kinds of things. But what I really feel like is like it gives you a set of Skills like the more you can uh, bring mindfulness to situations, the more you're kind of aware of what's happening. So maybe you start noticing your stress or fatigue sooner in the cycle. I can take corrective actions, and uh, you know, mindfulness at its core is about paying attention. And uh, there's so many signals that we get from our body, from our you know, sort of deeper knowing that we don't pay attention to. And just that little uh, sort of orientation of paying attention has been profoundly helpful for me. That's great. Now, if I'm an attorney, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, but, but you know, it's a, it's kind of, I feel like it's sort of like a lifelong thing, you know, it's like learning a musical instrument, you know, like you get some proficiency, but, you know, are you ever really done improving or growing? It's all, there's always more. Right. Um, my question is this. I'm an attorney and I'm listening to this podcast and I am really interested because I'm desperate like you were and I want to uh, attend one of your classes. How do I yeah. go about finding out where your classes are? Well, one thing is you can come to my website, which is just my name, www.gulluchsinghh.com, and I have a calendar of events. And, you know, people can just actually reach out to me, send me an email, and, uh, you know, we'll figure something out. I uh, I uh, do a lot of things. I you know, have been teaching classes that were sort of, like, regularly scheduled, you know, here's an eight-week period that classes are happening. But more and more, I find I'm doing sort of, like, customized things 
for organizations that want uh, a kind of a to implement a different culture or a culture of wellness in their um, environments. So I'll come in and do sort of a custom program. I do some one-on-one tutoring for that. So that works for people. Uh, and and actually, you know, at the risk of uh, promoting other people's work, I I think that some of the apps out there are, are are quite good, and it's a good way for people to start. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what if I don't have time or I'm, I'm afraid to, you know, um, to go to a class, or I just want to see what it's like before I actually commit? Is there something I yeah. can do? And you said some of the apps. Um, I've actually, believe it or not, I've tried one of the apps, and uh, <laughs> I meditated, I think, for like, I would say a week. Yeah, and then I don't know. I don't know what happened. I guess I wasn't committed, and I and I fell off the wagon. But um, <laughs> yeah, and this is this very... is the problem. The problem but this is the problem with apps is you know they are it does require a certain kind of self discipline. Um, I also have groups. Like I have a group uh, of lawyers who we practice meditation once a month. We we have a meeting, and uh, we meditate for half an hour, and then we just sort of like talk shop and. Uh, I think it is often very supportive to do it in a class or with a group because you have kind of like kindred spirits who are interested in the same thing and, uh, you know, provide support to each other. Right. Now, Google, and in the, you and and in I the MBS, I was just saying one more thing, just in the MBSR class that I teach, you know, it lasts eight weeks. We meet once a week. We have a, what we call a day long where there's a day of practice. And by the end of that time, you know, the people in the class have spent about 30 hours together, and it's, it's actually quite poignant, like the friendships that get made. And I know people that still meditate together, you know, that have been in my classes. And so I, I do I do think that when you can combine it with a community, it's much more sustainable. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like that almost with anything. It's like going to um, a CrossFit class or a boxing class. After a while, you, you form relationships and you bond with the other people in that class, and you you go to the class not just for the benefit of the exercise, but to to see these new found friends that you have. So, I do agree with you on that part. Now, totally, you and I are both we're both based in, in LA. So for me to go to your class, it would be easy. I would just go on your website, which is gulusing.com, which is your name. Uh, and then I would find uh, uh, an event, and I would go and I would go to one of your events. But let's say I'm across the country. Let's say I'm out of, out of state. Let's say I'm in like um, Arkansas or Mississippi, and I'm interested in in meditation, and I want to talk to you and learn, or even meditate with you. Is there a possibility for me to do that? Yeah, totally. I mean, I I personally do online things, and there's a lot of other teachers that do. And actually, it's quite surprising. You know, you mentioned Mississippi. I know that there's a meditation community in Mississippi. There are meditation communities in places like Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, Asheville, uh, North Carolina, and places where, you know, outside the big urban cities and places where you might just think culturally people weren't as open to meditation. But it's, uh, you know, once the science started uh, confirming what, you know, people have known for thousands of years, I think um, many more communities are just much more receptive to this. In fact, I'm I'm uh, in this coming February, I'm going to spend a day speaking to a group, a Christian group that is really interested in 
stress reduction and uh, I don't think you know you there might have been the same level of openness a decade ago before it's sort of scientists had a very positive verdict on the many many benefits of mindfulness right um, you mentioned you do you do a lot of online stuff so can can someone book you online and, and meditate with you via via uh, video or audio or something like that yeah, you know, when I do one-on-ones, I usually do them over Zoom, and uh, yeah, you, know, you come up with a, you know, I usually there's an intake, and we figure out what what kinds of things people are um, challenged with, or what their, you know, sort of like intentions or motivations are, and then try to design a program that works within their constraints, and then um, you know, give them homework and follow up periodically to, with adjustments and tweaks and uh, going deeper as people get deeper in the practice. I have a question for you out of my own personal curiosity. So uh, as an attorney, you know, you, you stated yourself you're working lots of hours. Um, yeah. And you started meditating to help you. Uh, for those attorneys that are in your shoe, just like you, that are working lots of hours, you know, spending nights at the office and things like that, um, how long do you recommend for them to meditate each day um, so they can fit it in their schedule? Or does it have to be hours, minutes? What's what's the average meditation yeah. session? Yeah, you know, it's a really good question. And probably if you asked a dozen meditation teachers, you'd get a dozen different answers. You know, on the, on the one hand, I feel like any amount is better than none. So I might say something like 10 minutes. But I, but I do think the analogy with exercise is pretty good. Like, you know, if you work out 10 minutes a day, um, you probably get some benefit, but you're certainly not going to get in shape. But 30 minutes a day, you, you're likely to see an improvement in your fitness. So I tell people if they can muster it, 30 minutes a day is, uh, is really good and they'll notice profound changes in their life. And, and you know, the, the, I think this is, definitely the case amongst lawyers and generally the case in our culture that people feel like they don't have time. Uh, but my yeah. own experience is that the days that I'm busier, if I make the time to meditate, that um, my day just goes better. Like I'm able to do more. I'm able to stay more focused. I'm less susceptible to being frazzled when I'm juggling a lot of things. Uh, you know, it, take, it takes some, some sort of like, I guess, faith or, and I can be faith in science to uh, get to that point. And I think people probably get there in a month or two to see that like this practice actually improves your ability to go through your day. And so it's a good investment of time, just like, you know, exercise or other kinds of things that we know are good for us. We have to figure out how to prioritize things so that, um, you know, we make time for them. I, I agree with you. Uh, the, the exercise analogy, I know that the days that I exercise in the morning, my day is so much more peaceful and relaxing and I'm more energetic and I get a lot more things done. Um, but the problem is I have that, that same problem where I, I tell myself, well, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So, um do you think this you know, is, that leads this me is, to my next is, question? Do you, sure. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that this is one of the challenges of living in, in the modern world and then 
that challenge is amplified by our profession. Uh, one thing that I have noticed in working with lawyers is that, you know, there is probably more resistance initially to the scheduling, but when people start to see the benefits, you know, we, we can be a disciplined group. Uh, and my experience has been once you get buy-in from the, you know, what, what, you know, I and some of my colleagues call the legal mind, which is a mind that is skeptical often, a mind that is uh, perfectionistic, a mind that is in a culture of uh, work, 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 work. Um, once you get that buy-in, then, uh, you know, people tend, can get very committed and see that it's valuable. I agree with you. Um, the question I was going to ask is, does meditation help with discipline? So we were just talking about, you know, you got to, you got to be disciplined. You got to say, I'm going to do this. Does meditation actually help you? Not just with the meditation itself, but being disciplined in other aspects of, of your life. I think it certainly can. I mean, I think there's two, two sort of takes on that question. You know, one is that, um, when you meditate, when I meditate, when I'm, my practice is going well and I'm inspired, I find that there's a kind of uh, feedback loop, a kind of, it becomes a virtuous cycle that I meditate and then I feel better and I function better and then that sense of uh, being more efficient, being less stressed, being less frazzled translates into a motivation for wanting to meditate. But then also I noticed that, you know, I'm uh, – one of my tendencies of mine is that I'm a procrastinator. And right. ironically, uh, meditation has really helped me procrastinate less um, because I've, I've just begun to see, you know, the, the sort of like the first level of meditation I was talking about was, you know, like can we just calm down and come out of a flight fight response and the adrenaline pumping state into a state where the body can heal and rest and digest. But the second level of uh, of what you can cultivate in a mindfulness practice is just more and more awareness of your patterns and your habits and where they come from. And so I had this realization about procrastination that it's really it's it's really an over uh, identification with the unpleasantness of the task that leads me to put that task off. But the, but the actual unpleasantness of the task is usually not nearly as bad as I'm imagining it to be. You, you, you just hit home with that. That, that, that is, <laughs> I, I personally feel that and I do that too and I, and I, and I procrastinate and and I think about it. The reason I do it is because I don't it's, I don't want to do that particular task. And you're absolutely right. When I do the task, the thought of doing it is worse than actually doing it. So um, I might have to say meditating again. Yeah, I, ho I hope you do. And it, and there's a kind of you know th this is a uh, there's a weird way in which these kinds of things show up. So one of the challenges of, you know, let's say you were motivated to meditate, you've set aside time to do it, found a place to do it. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, for 15 years, I meditated in my car at lunchtime in the parking garage because it was just, it would be too weird to have done it in my office. Uh, and that was wonderful. You know, no one, no one would bother me and it was fine. It was comfortable. 
But but once you let's say you you've committed to a practice, one of the things you'll notice is that as soon as you sit down, uh, you know the there's parts of the body that are aching, or you know the there's a sense of like now you're sitting, you're paying attention to your experience, you're noticing that the body is anxious, you're noticing that the body's tired, and one of the things that we we learn as we begin to practice meditation is how to just see these uh, experiences, this phenomenon that's occurring as just unpleasant, which is very different from the habitual tendency that most of us have, which when we notice something unpleasant, we kind of recoil, we tighten up, we want to get away from it, we want it to go away, to moving from that kind of an attitude to, oh, there's some activation in the body, this is unpleasant. And kind of being able to tolerate the unpleasantness a little bit more because, you know, life comes in waves. We can't sort of be, you know, in a, you know, fixed state of expansive joyousness all the time. It just doesn't work that way. We can't control all the circumstances of our lives if we have you know, difficult deadlines at work or things happening in our personal life that make demands that, that you know, we experience unpleasantness. This is something that we all know on some level, but the ability to tolerate the unpleasant things that we can't change is a great skill. And so that translates beyond just the sitting practice into the many things in our life that may be unpleasant that we kind of need to do, procrastination being one of those examples, but there's there's a million of other examples where we avoid things that would be beneficial because we don't want to go through the unpleasantness of it. Right. It, which, which you say, one of the things you said, tolerating is unpleasantness. Uh, I have a, 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 there's another attorney in my firm. He's, he's my friend and he's, he's older than me. And when, you know, a deadline comes or somebody files a motion or, or something like that and I, I get that notice, I get all wound up and he's very calm about it. And uh-huh. I, I keep telling him, how could you be like that? And he says, well, you got. You have to learn. There's some things you can't change. So why let it get to you? So I, I think he secretly meditates and he doesn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. But that, that is actually a great skill to have. And if meditation uh, helps with that, I recommend meditation for all attorneys because um, in our career, as you said and you know, it, we come across a lot of stressful things and. Nobody ever teaches you how to cope with that. It's so. true. And then there's, a, there's another element of that that I'll just point out, which is that, you know, we as lawyers especially are very outcome-oriented. I mean, it's the nature of our profession. Our clients want certain outcomes, and we have an ethical duty to do our best to make sure those outcomes happen. And But that leads to a kind of habit of mind where we're so focused on the outcomes, and then also the worry about what happens if we don't get the outcomes that we want, that we forget, actually, that there's a whole process, that we can be in a process rather than totally fixated on where we're going and where, we're, where we want to be. And it's that process orientation that actually can make life uh, more enjoyable. Right. That right. makes any sense. Well, it does. It, it makes perfect sense. Um, I'm actually very happy to have you on. 
I think the conversation we had not only helps me personally, but I think it helps uh, a, a lot of the listeners, even if they're not attorneys. Um, it, it's good to actually get so a, a lot of people who, who try to get lawyers to meditate and things like that aren't lawyers. So it's a little bit harder for us. Like you said, we're, we're all skeptics. It's hard for yeah. us to listen, but when another lawyer who's, who's, who's in our shoe and has experienced everything, he comes out and he says, Hey, listen, I've done this and it helps. I think we listen more carefully. Uh, and, uh, once again, your website is, uh, your name, which is gulusing.com, G-U-L-L-U-S-I-N-G-H.com. I, yes. I, I make sure I, that we have a link. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. That, that, that'd be great, Rach. I was just going to say that I have a couple of events for lawyers that I'm really excited about, and I would love it if, uh, you know, I could tell your listeners about it. One is uh, at Spirit Rock Meditation Center, which is in the Bay Area, on August 12th. I'm doing a uh, a day long for legal professionals, so we'll have a day. It's open to people who've never meditated before, kind of want to jump in. We'll spend from 10 to 4 uh, meditating, learning about meditation, and also a chance to connect with people. Uh, and then on October 23rd to 27th, a colleague of mine and I are offering a meditation retreat for legal profession. So if people really want to dive in to the deep end, they can come to uh, Big Bear and uh, we're providing six credits of MCLE over uh, four nights. And it's the same sort of thing. There'll be an immersive meditation with instruction and also a chance to connect with uh, fellow attorneys. That's awesome. I'll make sure that we have a, a, a link to your website on our on our uh, on our website for this episode so the listeners can check it out and I know on your website you have an events page and everything else um, it was a pleasure having you on Guru I am actually going to try to meditate uh, after this conversation I'm inspired again hopefully I'll keep it up more than a week this time <laughs> yeah. and um, I, I look forward to talking to you again uh, and thank you for being on the podcast Thank you for having me. Have a good day. Yeah, you too.